Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. SG Extra, only on Money FM 89.3. Yeah, with prime time, Bharati Jagdish and Timothy Go with you. Now, global 5G subscriptions are predicted to pass the 1 billion milestone by the end of this year, according to a new report by Ericsson. You can count me in on that one. The Ericsson Mobility Report projects 4.4 billion 5G subscriptions by 2027, accounting for almost half of all subscriptions globally. The report also reveals that global mobile network data traffic doubled in the past two years. So what exactly does all of this mean for the future demand for data connectivity and digital services, especially given the global COVID-19 pandemic and geopolitical uncertainties as we move forward? Well, Magnus Everbring, he is Chief Technology Officer APEC at Ericsson, and he joins us on the line to tell us more. Hi, Magnus. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, pleasure to be here and good afternoon. Now, Magnus, Singapore too has great ambitions when it comes to 5G. It is expected to cover half of Singapore by the end of this year and the whole island by the close of 2025. At least those are the targets that we have set. But tell us more about what is fueling your projections, your idea of 5G subscriptions hitting 1 billion two years sooner than 4G did, in fact. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there are a number of things that comes into play. Of course, um, the consumers are getting more and more advanced and, and uh, increases their appetite, uh, trying to get more and more information and amusement out of the devices. Then I think another very key thing is that 5G is considerably more potent than earlier generations. The experience is snappier, it's faster, it's more predictable. So indeed, when you download content, when you play games or when you do your online shopping or whatever you do, it is more reliable communication, it's a more responsive communication um, and it feels better. And that we see, that, sorry, just to give a short example, in South Korea, the 5G usage is up by over three times more compared to 4G connection. And I argue it's because of the service is better. For early adapters out there, I subscribed to 5G a couple of weeks ago, but I found that it drains my battery faster because my phone is searching for that 5G connectivity. Uh, Perhaps it's not available where I am. So do we really benefit from it at this point if the infrastructure is not 100% there yet? Well, I argue so. I mean, what you point to in all fairness is something that we always struggle with in the industry. Um, again, the, the desire from the consumers are very high and want to use it everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Then it does take some time to practically build recovery and make sure that it is provided everywhere where people are. Uh, it's a huge uh, project to undertake. I think that as, as you started here, it's coming well underway in Singapore and it's rapidly improving. So I think it's a small intermittent thing, I would argue. Um, and I think it's the, the, the sooner you have the full coverage, you will see the experience is there. And people, indeed, they mm. use it more once they have it. So help us picture this. What will life with 5G look like? What are these experiences that we can have that we're missing out mm. on now? It's a journey, right? If you just take a historical background, um, we launched 4G in 2010. And I think in 2010, 2011, we couldn't quite predict where the world is today. It's a phenomenal innovation landscape out there with new applications coming, 
as the carriers, the network, become more potent. And I argue we will have the same kind of evolution coming along now, mm. both for consumers and for enterprises also. Um, a key thing is that we, in 5G, we can start to make sure that the experience is more predictable. And I think in many ways this will help us to really digitize our, our uh, lives. Give you an example. When you do internet banking or e-commerce today, when you click the, the execute button, right, you, you want it to quickly come back to you and say that your payment is successfully done or whatever. You don't want that time symbol to come up. Mm-hmm. Then you shiver a bit because you don't know whether it's actually going through. Here, I think 5G has great possibilities to make sure you have a safe, reliable connection. We're talking to Magnus Everbring, the Chief Technology Officer for Ericsson here in Asia Pacific, about 5G adaption here in the region. So, Magnus, as you were saying, the experience will be different. And from where we are today, when you have 4G and it kind of dips to 3G, mm. that experience <laughs> becomes irritating because there is a lag. So you're saying with 5G, we won't experience this anymore. That's absolutely the goal, right? Then again, you know, it takes a long time for the yeah. network operators to build everywhere coverage. Mm-hmm. So if you are a bit in the in the boondogs, if I say so, <laughs> uh, you, you could, of course, have to wait a little bit. Orchard Road is more prioritized, I would argue, than, than some areas uh, where few people are. Um, but over time, it will be everywhere. Magnus, on a human experience topic here, because when we were 3G, it was fine until we got used to 4G and dipping down to 3G (laughs) became irritating. Will this be the same case between 5 and 4? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it is. Hopefully, you know, the mobile operators are doing whatever they can to minimize that. I know they will. But I think what you're pointing to, to be fair, we had that discussion going 2D to 3D also. And, of course, we always want to step up. Right. Uh, so it's a, it's a positive thing. But it's a matter of managing it, getting everything in place and getting it out in the field, right? Mm, yeah, happens. see, when you raise expectations, you've got to deliver every single time, yeah? Otherwise, yeah, like Tim said, a lot of irritation. But here's the thing, Magnus. I know that cybersecurity has become an even more urgent issue lately because of the great levels of digitization that we have seen in the last two years. So when it comes to 5G networks, what are some of the special provisions perhaps that have to be made in order to ensure cybersecurity? Or are 5G networks, in fact, able through more advanced encryption or identity protection, able to give us an even greater level of protection? 5G is absolutely the best hardened network we have as of today. And 5G is evolving and will continue to evolve for a very long time going forward. So if you compare 5G to earlier generations, it has the best provision. There's a great advantage, of course, when we started to do the standardization for 5G and to build the product, we had this in mind. And from the very start, we tried to, do, we, the industry now, try to do whatever we can to make sure that it is as good as we possibly can. Then, having said that, right, the world is evolving and the systems need to evolve also because the threats are evolving. Mm-hmm. So it's a journey, but it's as good as you can today and it's designed from the start to be up to the mark. So, Magnus, paint us a picture then. What 
will the world be? How will our user uh, experience be when everything is already 5G? I think you will be always wirelessly connected. Your private life will be there. Your professional life will be there. Already today in the smartphones, we can see there has a possibility to split between work life and personal life. Mm -hmm. I think that trend will continue. You will have lots of entertainment, gaming, etc., and enhanced um, experiences. A lot of talk about metaverse now. I will refer to um, immersive media. So more demanding applications where you can have it. Augmented reality, virtual reality aspects, etc. I predict there will be lots of evolution coming there for consumers going forward. I'll give you an example. Our research group is working on what they call Internet of the Sunset. So today we have voice and, uh, and uh, video, right? But what if we can go beyond that? What if we can convey temperature, smell, texture, etc. in the future? We don't know yet, but we're working on that. More will come. Right. Magnus, the other concern is digital divides, which we have observed over the last few years as well. Geographically, there are some divisions. Also, within countries, there can be some discrepancies when it comes to inclusivity in this digital evolution. How do you, as Ericsson, plan to support countries through this? I think the mobile systems are fantastic in this uh, Let's just uh, look at India for a second. Uh, it's very exciting. Now, very soon, in just a few days, India will have their 5G spectrum auctions, and sooner after, they'll launch the 5G services. We predict in 2027, there will be 1.2 billion smartphone connections in India. 500 million or 500 million on 5G, 700 on 4G. That means 1.2 billion users have an internet connection in India. Mm-hmm. That is an enormous enabler to drive trade, to drive information sharing, etc., among people in India. And, and if you look on the spectrum of people there, of course, there are many who are not quite as, as um, at the same living or standard as in, in uh, Singapore. So it's a great enabler to help people connect in the society. Right. Affordability will also be key, won't it? Absolutely. And here, I think India is a good example because the share volume in, in India, of course, helped to drive the scale. Scale drives down the cost. Already today, India is the third largest 5G smartphone market after China and the United States of America, even though India has not yet launched 5G services. Mm. All right, Magnus, thank you very much for bringing us a picture of what a world of 5G would be like. Magnus Everbring, the Chief Technology Officer for Asia Pacific at Ericsson, here on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.